You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Friday, July 17th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and uh, congratulations to Real Madrid, campeones of La Liga. That's right, baby. Uh, Hala Madrid. So uh, way to go! Uh, it was a nice, uh, nice soccer day on Thursday. Uh, dub right there, and a dub for Manchester United. Um, yeah, good times are are rolling in in soccer land, which is um, always good to see. It has been quite the week in terms of news and information regarding the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, no long term deal uh, struck between Dak and the Cowboys on Wednesday, which means he will be playing the rest of this season. And by the rest, I mean all of the season. On the franchise tag, he and the Cowboys cannot uh, strike a new deal until the new league year begins in March. You know, if uh, if nothing is delayed, obviously there are so many questions still. Uh, but there are a lot of questions about what went down with Dak Prescott and everything. And uh, we have quite the treat for you today on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Make sure you do subscribe, by the way, to the Blogging the Boys podcast network. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. We're on every major podcast platform. Uh, so go subscribe if you can leave us a rating write a review go back and listen to thursday's episode of broadcasting the boys with ari temkin and roy white uh they gave you kind of a reaction to what went down with dak i also did on yesterday's episode of the ocho but today on the ocho we have yahoo's charles robinson who has been plugged in on this story from the very beginning way over a year ago so we have that coming up next uh in a little bit uh depending on when you're listening to this we have a new episode of girls talking boys that will drop on friday about lunchtime uh uh, Kelsey and Meg caught up with the NFL Network's Jane Slater, so we have two fantastic insiders for you today on both of our shows. Lots of great nuggets, lots of valuable information that I think you are very much going to enjoy. And so, not going to waste much time. Just going to go ahead and get to it, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this thing. From Yahoo Sports, senior NFL reporter Charles Robinson joins us next, right here on The Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by the one and only, the internationally famous. You hear him every week on the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. It is senior NFL reporter for Yahoo, friend of the show, Charles Robinson. Charles, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. It's very, uh, it's a popping time right now in the NFL. At least we got past the. You would think that we have a little bit of a of a, a lull once we get past the tags, but no. Now we have to deal with. Are we actually going to to you know play football? Or is there going to be financial givebacks? Is there going to be testing? Like here are all these things that it's like we're doing a mini CBA in the next two weeks. Right now, you know it's funny you say that because when you said it, 
I forgot that the new CBA had been done this off season. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I was, and I, I'll ask like, what's the, what's the earliest thing in quarantine you can remember? Like maybe it was about your life or whatever that happened in quarantine. And when you think about it, you're like, Oh my gosh, that was in quarantine. You know what I mean? Like it feels forever ago. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I remember my last flight that I've, I took mm. was March 5th coming back. I, so I had gone to the combine. Then after the combine, I'd gone to Chicago to meet with a couple sources. And I literally remember flying back um, March 5th. And I'm like, that feels like, <laughs> I don't even remember. It literally feels like it was a year ago. It feels like it was, a, it was before the 2019 season at this stage. No, it's, um, I think lack of sports everywhere, like breaks time. Cause you can always measure, you know, the, the calendar year by sports, whatever the case may be. Um, last time we talked here, you had just made a coffee. Uh, so I imagine you've been drinking a couple cups, you know, <laughs> these days, uh, with everything going on. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope the brew has been good and I'm sure that you haven't slept that much this week. Uh, we're talking at the tail end of the week after Dak Prescott did not get a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if anybody somehow does not know, you have been in on this from the beginning. Um, everybody knows now that this issue has been one of contract length. I'm very certain that you were the first person to really make that national. Um, obviously, no new deal. Uh, you wrote about this on late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning over at Yahoo. Um, kind of set the stage for us. I mean, there are some frustrated people, some people that are pleased. Um, you know how Cowboys fans can be. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it's, um, look, if you're a Cowboys fan, I mean, the good news here is that he's, he's in the, you know, look, he's going to be in the building. He's going to play. You're going to get another year to look at him. And if, if Dak Prescott is in reality, a $40 million contract, uh, a quarterback, and that's kind of what this ended up boiling down to this week. Um, then you're going to find that out. You're going to find that out this season. Cause I would say this, I think if Dak Prescott takes another solid step forward, which he has done every year of his career, if he does that over his 2019 performance, guess what? He's a $40 million quarterback in the NFL. It do, it's not going to take that big of a step forward for him to, to put himself, I think in that echelon, especially if the Cowboys have success in unison with it. Um, but as far as, you know, what happened this week, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of things reported and, and um, you know, Dak was in contact with the Cowboys at one point and, you know, but there's something you have to remember the Cowboys got in contact with Demarcus Lawrence in that process and tried to, you know, see if they could, you know, essentially let's, let's get all the minds together and see if we can get a deal done. They really wanted to get in touch with Zeke. Um, there was a reason why Zeke was on an Island, you know, or, or not an, on, a, mm -hmm. on an Island, but there was a reason why Zeke was out of the country because um you know, the, his representation did not want the Cowboys to try and circumvent the process and speak, you know, directly to Zeke. Um, but, you know, there was, there was some contact late in the process between Dak and the organization that was germane to um, the whole contract situation. But it, it was never, and this is having talked to both sides, you know, people who, you know, were knowledgeable about how this whole thing unfolded. And it just never really got close. And it, it, you have to go all the way what I was told and both sides admitted this. you really got to go all the way back to August of 2019 when the two sides both felt like we're in the zone like we are in the zone to get this thing done it's it's really close and unfortunately what happened was Dallas allowed him to get onto the field and play a couple of games and that changed the dynamics of things and you know the Cowboys fans that are frustrated you know Dallas has been I feel like um, 
depending how you feel about the negotiation, if we're just talking brass tacks, they've been a little bit behind mm -hmm. in where the market was going, where the money was going, what the realities were. And you, they'll never be able to escape the fact that once you let Dak you know, bet on himself and get all the way up to the franchise, the first franchise tag, the way it has worked for every single quarterback who has been franchise tag, tagged is the camp sits down and goes, okay, let's work out what are the three tags? Because that's this is the three years of guaranteed money that now has to factor into the deal. And I think that ultimately, you know, is what unraveled this process late because there was just no getting around the fact that $120 million over three years, $123 million right. over, over three years, you're never going to escape that. And, and that's an average of $41 million a year for a quarterback. That's, that's the zone he entered into because the Cowboys allowed him to get there. Yeah. In, in many ways, I think the franchise tag with the quarterback position specifically is, and maybe the Cowboys aren't alone in this. Maybe obviously Washington was there with Kirk cousins, although, you know, you could debate the merits of Kirk versus Dak, whatever the case sure. may be, but, um, yeah. but it's not a one year thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, okay. We're just committed for one year because right. you've, you've opened that door for the next three year process and you're no longer negotiating against Jared Goff's deal against Carson Wentz's deal, even against Pat's Pat Mahomes's deal. You're negotiating against the values that the tag brings. Yeah. And you wrote all this um, again, in your column over at Yahoo. So $123 million over the next, that's just the next three years um, and $41 million per year. And so that's why you mentioned the Cowboys being behind. We, we heard things like, oh, they, they offered him $70 million uh, in the first two years. He's got 69 He's already. already got it. Right. Yeah. And, right. and where, where do you, I, I think the, the, the question people have is, what do you think that comes from? Like, th this is, you know, this is pretty, not general information, but if, if you've got an iPhone, you can, you can know this stuff. And so how can, how can that happen here in 2020, especially from a front office that many people believe had a really great offseason all the way up until this point? Right. Uh, well, I, look, it's because each deal, you, you're, you always have to approach it from two different perspectives because, you know, each side is going to do the the business they're going to look at the business um points according to how they feel like you know it, like the cowboys the reason why you see well 70 million in the first two years of the deal because the cowboys are sitting there and they're going that's a very fair amount like we feel like this is very fair and and i'll be i'll be honest with you here they're not wrong like the cowboys mm -hmm. numbers were not they're not bad they're good and they got better as time went on the problem was um the cowboys were so like um focused on price and the problem is they really need to focus on market like his market right. you know um and projecting it yes and projecting it and where the market was going and and really what happens to the market once he enters that zone of franchise tags that's what you need to stay ahead of and so um you know i think look I, i'll be clear here i they're over the last week of the process i definitely had some people say suggest to me that um, well, if you're talking to the Cowboys, the problem's Todd France. You know, it's Dak's agent. That's right. the problem. And and Dak needs to, you know, Dak needs to get rid of Todd France. And if Todd France wasn't in the way, this deal would be done. Well, guess what? On the flip side of that, well, geez, the problem is, you know, Stephen Jones tried to get, you know, cute with the numbers. You know, Stephen Jones was always a step behind where the numbers needed to ultimately be um when this process started. And so to give people the perspective of Dak's camp first, I will say this. 
the Cowboys, when they came out of the box, I will tell you the deals that I think could have been had. Um, if the Cowboys had been super aggressive and tried to get a structure together and approach Dak in the middle of the 2018 season, um, I think approaching him in the middle of the 2018 season saying that, hey, when this season's over, um, we're going to have a multi-year deal that's going to average $25 million per season um, in the books ready for you to go. I think they might have had a shot at that. Um, but then he changed to Todd France. And once mm -hmm. he changed to Todd France, the dynamic of what Washington, or excuse me, what um, Dallas needed to bring to the table changed. So I think once the beginning, once the 2019 offseason began, if the Cowboys had come to the table with the Carson Wentz deal before the Carson Wentz deal existed, if they had come to the table with something close to the Jared Goff deal before the Jared Goff deal existed, so we're saying February of 2019. We're talking $31, $32 million APY, $105 to $110 million guaranteed. That deal gets done in February 2019. I truly believe that. I think there's a very good chance that that deal gets done. I think that um, it would have been hard for Dak and his representation to, to walk away from that because they would have felt like we are now setting the table for everyone else. Once it didn't get done in February 2019 and it advanced into August of 2019, the deal that would have gotten it done was Russell Wilson numbers. You had right. to get to 35, um, especially if you wanted, you know, the multiple years of control, you had to give him Russell Wilson and you could try to pitch it as, Hey, we're going to give you the same deal. Russ just got four years, 140 million, but we want it as a tack on after the 2019 season. That gives us our, that gives us our five years of control. I think that might've gotten it done at that stage. The problem was Dallas was saying, no, we want this to be in the Wentz golf range and we want more years of control. We want at least five years of control in attack on, which gives us six total, the same as the others got. And the dynamics had just changed at that point because already once you get to 2019, Dax camp saying, well, we know what the tags are. And if, right. and if he's willing to wager this on himself and in particular, after three games have been played, Hey, this guy's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL over this three-year expanse. And that's, that's about to happen. And that has now changed everything. Now, flip side, and I know this is a long answer here, but to approach it from the Cowboys standpoint, you know, I think the Cowboys, it was, Hey, um, Lyle Collins did a deal that was, you know, it was good for him, but it was also good for the team. Jalen right. Smith did a deal that was good for him. It was also good for the team. Um, we are trying to figure out um, a way to get these deals done that, you know, gives us a workable structure. It has to work for us too. And, and um, you know, so for them, they kept offering up numbers that, you know, it just, it, it was workable for them and it, and they were solidly competitive numbers, but the problem was they just let it get far too they, they let it get too far into the process to not have the other end of it weighing on those negotiations. And then honestly, the Zeke deal happened. Right. And I think the fact that Zeke, they took a hard line stance, they kept Zeke away from the team. Um, and they really pushed the envelope. I think the Zeke deal, when it came in, it was like, okay, well, geez, they just gave up, you know, they did a, a very friendly deal for Zeke, you know, a, a, a deal where he did not leave, really anything on the table i think considering what the running back market is and you know that all, all this factor so there's a lot that goes into this i would say neither side's wrong um and i would say that you know dak is just really 
embracing, you know, the leverage that he has now. I, I don't doubt that he would have liked to have had a deal done on Wednesday. I don't have any question about that, but I don't think he wanted to have a deal done um, at numbers that got sandwiched between Jared Goff and Russell Wilson, which is really, you know, kind of the zone that this entered into at that point. No, I think that, I mean, that that's all really valuable information. You, um, you referred to these as columns, APY or, or length. I mean, cause they are different variables and it does feel, um, d- you know, this is one lens to look at it through, but it feels like the Cowboys are, are always behind in every reported offer on one of them. You know what I right. mean? Yes. And, and, and I, I think, you know, this is a hypothetical, but I think we could forecast to next year, for example, 2021, God willing after a football season. And they'll say, okay, well, you know what, we'll, we'll do a four year deal now because in their minds, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be getting their five years of team control and you know what I'm saying? Like they'll be they'll be behind in that respect. Where hypothetically, Todd France could say, "Well, guess what? Now we want a three-year deal," and they're just they're chasing their tail in one column or the other. You know what I mean? Yes, but what's interesting though, that might actually work. Now, the doing you know deciding to do the four-year deal um, after this season could work. But here's the problem: they have to make up the nine million dollar gap mm-hmm. in in this year's salary because you have to understand that once he plays one year on the tag, um, his representation is operating from the standpoint of it's 41 APY for the three years, not, right. not a, it's 31 now. And then it's this and this, they, the way that they look at this situation is he's now on a three-year deal. That's it. And, and if the Cowboys want to let him out of that three-year deal, great. He goes to free agency. That's just how it works. So if, if they come to the table and they go, Hey, okay. So you know what? We're ready. And we do think you're a $40 million quarterback. So we're going to offer you a four-year deal. Um, you, we're, we're, you know, when this all starts next offseason, we're going to offer you a four-year deal for 160. Um, the problem is, you know, Todd France and, and you know, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, well, he already surrendered nine last right. year when he was a 41, you know, um, uh, eight and a half when he was a $41 million quarterback. So, um it's got to be a four-year deal for 170 and oh geez the market's moved you know pat mahomes is here deshaun watson's here lamar you know, jackson maybe yeah maybe lamar yeah you, i guarantee you the baltimore ravens have looked at all this and they're like hey man we need to get we you know if if lamar is having the season if if he is once again reprising the you know the nfl look or the mvp look that he had in 2019 they're not going to screw around with this. They're going to try to get ahead of this as much as they can very aggressively. So, um, you know, you just don't, at some point the Cowboys have to bite the bullet and say, we're, we're going to have to go beyond our comfort zone with him, maybe even more than we already are and decide that, you know, we're going to pay him X. And if we're not, we have to decide how we value him. So then it becomes market versus value. Right. His market is X, but his value to us is Y. That's what happened with the Redskins. They were like, his market, um, his value to us was two tags, but his market exceeded his value to us. So we let him go after two years. That may be ultimately what happens in Dallas. They may sit there and go, you know what? We believe his market has exceeded, you know, what we believe his value is, or, you know, the downside of what could happen to the team and the way we've structured the contracts if we were to sign him to, you know, this mega deal is just too prohibitive. And so that changes, um, that changes everything for us. So it's, um, it's a complicated one. I I think, like I said, I think it's a shared, it's a shared burden amongst everybody. I don't think anybody should be 
upset at one party or the other. I don't think people should skewer Dak and say he's being greedy. I don't right. think they should look at the Cowboys and just say, well, they just simply blew it. Because the truth is both sides did get really close at one point. And it just didn't. It, the Cowboys needed to just go a little bit further or Dak needed to just recede just a little bit and this would have gotten done. Neither of those things happened. And, and then he went out and played three games and that just changed everything. Yeah, and I believe he did not have an incomplete pass in the third quarter through the first three games. Like, yeah, that was just stupid oh, tech. That was Kel- yeah. Kellen Moore honeymoon and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to make sure our listeners understand, you said they have to make up the $9 million. And your point is that Dak's franchise tag value for this year is $31.4 million. However, extrapolating the franchise tags through the next two years that he would hypothetically be tagged because they're not going to you know lose him just on the open market next year after all this he's averaging 41 million dollars per year with 123 million guaranteed which means his rate is 41 million dollars per year but this year he's taking 31.4 so he's already in the eyes of hypothetically his representation in this point taking a a, like a fair you know he's already doing the Cowboys a solid by taking less and that's that's honestly a fair point that's objectively true it, it is. And I, and I know fans aren't going to, they, they don't like to hear this, but it's just the way that the economics work in the NFL. Once you tag a guy one time, um, the, the, if you're an agent and that's your guy, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, well, we automatically are looking at this as a three-year deal because that is the control process you have now begun. Mm-hmm. You have three tags available to you. You've now triggered the first one. So we have to look at it as a block. So we're like, okay, you know, he's due $123 million over this three-year period, but you have the option to get out in between every single one of these years. Okay, after year one, get out. After year two, get out. After year three, you just let him go. Um, you have those options. But on the flip side, the representation says, we have to look at that chunk of money as a block. It's $123 million guaranteed should you trigger it. This is what his APY is. And while he may be overpaid, in year three, technically, it av- it all averages out. He's right. essentially what they're saying is he'll make up this money that he's not getting in the first year of it. He makes that up in year three when he's on for fifty four. Right. You know, and so whatever recession recessive qualities the first two numbers have, which is thir- it's like thirty one and thirty one four, and I think thirty seven Th- seven. Right. Um. Okay. Well, technically, that's a shortfall of you know almost. $10 million in year one and, and in year two, a little less than, you know, $4 million. Okay. Well, so that's $14 million, but guess what? He makes up the 14 in, year, close three. To it. in year three. Right. So, or, or as a bonus or, or the, the bonus or the, the, the upside of this is if he doesn't make it up, he's now free agent because they're not going to pay him the 54th. That's fine. Now we take him to the market and that, and then the market makes it up. So it's a, uh, it's a rough way for fans to look at it, but I can sure. only say that um, that's what agents end up getting paid for. And, and at the same time, this is what players, this is what players end up going through when they're trying to maximize their career. They're trying to maximize their pay. And frankly, you know, you're a middle round pick who, by the way, was not favored as much as Paxton Lynch or Connor Cook. Right. And that just didn't work out. And, but Hey, you did. So, um, it's, if I was Cowboys fan, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would say, let's hope Dak goes and balls out. Let's win a Super Bowl. Let's have the best 2020 we can have. And let's hope that, you know, Jerry and Steven sit down and go, you know what? 
this is our guy. Like, let's stop screwing around. You know, um, he's due uh, the next two years in 2021 and 2022. Um, he's due, you know, roughly $90 million. Um, okay, well, let's start at that 90 million guaranteed and extrapolate it out. Let's give him, you know, whatever the best market deal is. And if that's a Pat Mahomes deal, if they win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott, he's going to get a pep. I mean, he's going to be a mid-40s guy. That's just the way it's going to go. That's how it works. It is. Um, and, and this isn't to to say, all oh, the Cowboys blew it. But it is funny, I guess, at the very least, that Dak is, is effectively staring at a three-year deal, as we've said, worth 41 per year with 123 in guarantees. And that the Cowboys' proposition is, well, dude, you should just take this five-year deal that's worth 35 per year with like 110 guarantee. You know, like when you when you line them up that way, it really is. I mean, it's stupid. You know what I mean? Like if if you're willing to bet on yourself um, in the way that Dak has, and I also think, granted, we are in some unprecedented times. You you generally know that the salary cap's going to rise. So while the market rises, the overall salary cap rises, and you make all the more money. Um, you referred to all of this as the monster of all scenarios when you wrote about it. What do you think was the trigger point? What 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 really you know what was the the fork in the I don't know what it's called but you know like on a railroad the thing that flips the yeah. tracks yeah. what 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 was that you know was it was it the the first three games of last season was it the Zeke deal before that what was the final tipping point it was it was when he played it was the first because it was so in August of 2019 I mean they were there like they it, it really was close and and I think on Dak's end I think his representation thought you know. The Cowboys are gonna they're gonna come in before the season starts. They're gonna sweeten it a little bit just to make sure this gets done before he goes out on the field, and this will all be over. And then it just didn't happen. And um, and again at that point it was already in that zone of of years versus money. Mm -hmm. um, it was you were already having an argument over the length of control, which which looked like. It, you know, it, at that point, though, it looked like it could be overcome. It was sort of like, oh, Dallas is going to give in on the years. They're going to do a four-year deal. You know, it, it'll probably be a tack on to 2019, but the numbers will be better, um, and that'll be fine. Um, and then they did. And then what happened was once he hit that field and he played, those, as you said, those first three games were ballistic. The number, you know, like Dex, Todd France, they're sitting there and they're going, okay, well, you just made him go out on the field. And guess what he just did? Exactly right. what he bet on himself and he got a royal flush. Like, and so the numbers just went up because if this is where the arrow was pointed, it's up. And now you've let him walk on the field in 2019 and he's willing to shoulder that burden of risking injury and all these things and decimating his value with an injury. Um, he's now, the number just went up. Cowboys went through the roof when the number went up after those three games, that was a huge problem. And that was effectively when negotiation just broke down, they stopped talking to each other. And once he, you know, once that season was over, that was it. Now you're in the tag zone. Once you're in the tag zone, everything changes, all the math changes. And um, again, Todd Francis operating with a client, and this is a rarity, a client who said, I'll, that's fine. I'll do it. I'll, right. I'll bank on myself. I'll, risk myself and and I would even argue Dak is more of a rarity than even Kirk Cousins was because Kirk Cousins when he bet on himself um two years I think it was 2016 2017 Kirk Cousins 
was getting suboptimal offers. Like, and, and when I say suboptimal offers, they were almost lowballish. Not almost, they were lowballish <laughs> from, from Washington at that right. point. So it's, you know, it's a little easier to bet on yourself when you're like, yo, they're just straight up lowballing. They, you know, Dallas never lowballed Dak here. You know, they just wanted to do a, a deal that was, you know, on par with some of the other guys in 2016, but guys who also played on first round contracts. Um, and, uh, you know, was, it was ultimately a team friendly deal based on where things were going. So um, they just, I think the thing is because Dak was a fourth round pick and sometimes you talk to general managers about this and they'll tell you, look, when you get it, when you hit in the middle rounds, you got to be really aggressive about making sure, sure that you move on, on getting that guy extended because his, his market is coming really fast. Like it's not like a, it's not like a first round pick where you have eight years of control. You have four years, the fifth year option, you have three tags. Like, you know, you sometimes being a first round pick is an awful thing mm -hmm. because you can be locked up forever. Um, you know, so that's something that I think Dallas hitting on a middle round pick at quarterback of all things, you had to be supremely aggressive. Somebody did say something to me though, last night, um, it was another general manager of another team. We were talking about what happened with Dak and, um, you know, we we're just talking about a lot of different stuff and that we started to kind of wander into the Dak conversation. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I don't know why any team, if, if you have a quarterback who's, who's, you know, above average, a good player. He said, if he's a good player, elite player, whatever, he's like, I don't know why any team uses the tag on quarterbacks anymore. He's like, it's just, it's a death knell. He's like, there's just no good outcome. He's like, either you figure out a way to do the deal or you, you go, okay, we're just keeping them for two years, two tags, and then we're going to let them go. He's like, that's basically the scenarios you have available to you because of where quarterback money is now. Um, you, you're making a decision. You're either getting the deal done and, and figuring out a way to, you know, squared away or you're just like we're, we got him for two more years and we got to figure out what to do after that yeah no you you're pot committed to an unforgivable point to, to get out at that point i mean it's it's no longer logistically possible to explain getting out um which is why it is so confusing especially given all the numerical values here uh that we've talked about that the cowboys would, would find this to be the I guess the more preferable option or, or the, the least disastrous option. Um, two more for you, Charles. And, and this one is maybe a little bit trickier, but um, I, I really liked that monster of all scenarios line. And it kind of feels like um, it, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe you've done it. Or you've known somebody that's, that's bet on like 10 teams in the NCAA tournament. Right. And then you run in to like conflicting bets, you know what I mean? And so right. you're, you're going to kind of step over yourself in one way or the other. And so I don't, I don't know how the Cowboys thread the needle this season. I mean, maybe, you know, they win the Super Bowl and who cares? Win the Super Bowl, whatever problems are not problems. But, I mean, the the best case scenario for lowering Dak's value is that he plays horribly. Which um, <laughs> right, which is bad. And But the other, I mean, you know, they, they move on from Jason Garrett, which is an admission that, you know, things weren't copacetic to the point that they needed to be to enhance Dak Prescott among the rest of the team. You know, like they, they have all these conflicting movements and, and sequences and things like that, that they make it hard to explain one particular point. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so I, I don't know what is outside of winning the Super Bowl. What's the best way that in a, assuming football happens, what's the best way 2020 goes for the Cowboys? Well, yeah, I mean, if it's not winning the Super Bowl and then, you know, no matter what happens with Dak after that, you know, it's justifiable, which is honestly what happened with Pat Mahomes. You can 
Right. You know, now granted, I still, I think the 12 years of control is pretty team favorable for, for Kansas city, but also, you know, you don't blink about laying out, Hey, we're going to lay a half a billion dollars for a player and just not, you know, we know what's happening here. So, you know, that would obviously be the most advantageous situation is, you know, you, you are happy to pay the money because he has realized the greatest heights and you believe this is the foundational, you know, this is the support beam of the whole organization and you're happy about that. Um, sans that happening, um, I would say that, you know, look, Dak plays well and they have, they have a draft in the books that does really well for them. Like, let's say the, the draft picks really show. That's the that thing. They, they gave him CD Lamb too. Sorry, not to cut yeah. you off. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Well, see, but see, that's the thing too, though, is that if CD Lamb plays well, he, I mean, not to be callous here, but if CD Lamb plays well, he makes a Mark Cooper expendable. Right. Or he makes a Michael Gallup extension, not something that's just a crush, you know, like it, it gives them, if they hit on their draft, it gives them a lot of flexibility to start to do some other things. And what I would suggest is go back and look at the, the Alvin Kamara draft for the New Orleans Saints. There's a reason why the Saints were able to build their team and invest the way that they did the number of guys. It was because that draft was ballistic. They did great. They had a great draft. And it gave them some flexibility to not have to sign everybody, to not have to do you know, every deal, and to continue to pay Drew you know, in, in, into his 40s you know, it, at a, a salary that was, you know, pretty high, you know, although Drew continued to, to, you know, put up numbers. Certainly. Um, so I would say that you want all the young players to not only develop, but the draft to hit, because then if the Dallas Cowboys say Dak has a really good season, but you don't win the Super Bowl, but the Cowboys enter into the off season going, okay, it's just time, time to do the 42 million APY, mega deal let's just get him let's lock him up into his 30s you know deep into his 30s and you're going to do that deal um then you're going to have to make some sacrifices elsewhere on the roster you're going to have to figure out a way to sacrifice some of the players that are currently on the roster now that's easier to do if some of the younger players come through and you can start sort of start to build that model out now the weird thing here next season's cap is if you believe what nfl teams are saying it's going to be a flat cap. So mm-hmm. they're going to figure out a way to not draw the cap backward, but it's going to be a flat cap. They'll rob from future cap years to flatten this out. Um, already, even to entertain him on the, on the tag next year, you're going to have to do some massaging of some structures of contracts, um, push some money around to, to you know, make sure that you can absorb the raise that he's going to have built in for next season. So I, I would just say the best way out of this is that you have younger, cheaper talent start to really rise up to the top. That creates other opportunities for you to every every team that has to sign a massive quarterback deal leans very heavily into younger players who do, who are not yet up for their deals, really maximizing you know what they bring to the table because then it allows you um, to be a little top heavy in salary. And frankly, the Cowboys are pretty top heavy, um, and they need some younger players to really. Um, have big seasons and develop so no that makes sense um and you're right michael gallup up for a new deal next year uh leighton vandrish if the cowboys want to do that i mean you know before you know it you know cd lamb will be up for his new deal as well mm-hmm. um and and that kind of takes me to my last question so it, it feels like 
next year is, is manageable. Like you said, there's massaging that can be done. Yeah. There's restructuring and, and you can do this. You can kick the can down the road. Uh, but 2022, especially that value, that franchise tag value is $54 million approximately. Yeah. That feels like the potential divorce point. Yes. Um, and a lot of Cowboys fans, to be frank with you, Charles, have looked at the New Orleans Saints um, and have, you know, kind of spooked themselves into the fact that Sean Payton's going to take Dak Prescott away and, and kind of laugh himself off after, uh, you know, things never materialize between him and the Cowboys and whatnot. Um, do, do you see that as the, the nearest possible point that Dak Prescott could possibly go elsewhere? I know you've also said that, you know, if, if he's getting tagged two years in a row, it's, it's a grim future beyond that. You should never tag. Look, I, I'll be real with you. Like, if you are tagging him that second year, you need to treat that like the grand finale. Like, this is it. Right. Like, we know we're moving on. So, if they're kidding themselves by saying, "Hey, we're going to tag him two years and then get a deal done before year three, um, the negotiations before that fifty-four million dollar balloon is. You, I mean, scorched earth. Because like that's then that's 50, his market value, 54 per year. And not, and not only is that his value, you've now play, made him play two years under the burden of all the risk. And well, three counting last year, too, his I, final year of his rookie contract. Great. That is a great point. Three years. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I should have included that last year. So you've now made him play three years where he's shouldering all the burden of the risk. And now in what in what universe would Dak Prescott be inclined? So to me, it had to be done in 2019. Then it absolutely had to be done in 2020. I'm just telling you, if it does not get done next off season, I do not see him being a Dallas Cowboy without a unbelievable, massive, highest paid player in the NFL deal following the 2021 season. Um, it's just like, that was always the thing with Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins. It was like, I remember after the 2016 season, talking to other individuals throughout the league who, who wanted to entertain him as a free agent, even before the 2017 season. And they all were preparing for it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah we're, we're going to, we're going to make a run at him because there's no way they're keeping him. I think his number was, it was in the forties. I want to say it was like 44. I'm pretty sure it was like 44. And it just was like, that's an absurd number for Kirk Cousins. So all these teams were starting to prepare and position themselves for if we don't have a great season, you know, um, we're going to make our run at Kirk because we like him in our system or whatever. So mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, teams will do that with Dak after, after, you know, if he enters into 2021 on that tag, they're going to all go, okay, we're looking at our next quarterback here. Or is this going to be the guy that we've got everything else in place? We just need to add the quarterback to, to make it all, you know, make sense. Um, other teams are absolutely going to be watching him. And, and as an aside to that, I would say, Cowboys fans, you should root for no middle ground this season. Like either you have to be a great team or so bad that it puts you in the market for one of these quarterbacks um, in, the, in the, the next draft. Because there right. are going to be two, three guys that are probably going to be worth, you know, worthy of top five, six consideration. Um, in the next uh, NFL draft. And so you want either a, a great ballistic season where it's like, we're going to pay Dak, we're going to figure it out. Or you want to go everything pancaked, we're going to have to draft a quarterback now <laughs> and just, you know, dissolve, you know, this situation and, and move forward and make the best of it and learn the lesson about, you know, making sure we're ahead on, on the quarterback contracts. No, I think that that's, that's a great point. It's like, um, like when you, 
you have like one left of your favorite like snack or whatever and you're like this this needs to be incredible or just you know disappointing like it's it's got to be one end of the spectrum because it's the last one in the box whatever the case may be but you're right i think the power also of narrative is out there because i i have to believe it worked to kirk's benefit that there was all the kyle shanahan wants him in san francisco yeah. talk and and that I mean, talk talk is a valuable thing uh, in many ways. Uh, Charles, always appreciate getting a chance to catch up with you. Uh, do you have any Netflix recommendations for anybody in case, uh, you know, if they, they're looking for stuff besides EPL or PJ Tour this weekend? You know, I just watched the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. And oh. It was brutal. Like, it was just, good Lord. Like, you want to, I mean, if, if you want to see a snapshot of pure evil, um, that was, I was not prepared for, and I'd read a lot of, you know, the Epstein pieces. Yeah. And, Cause you've, you've done like, in, like that sort of work before this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, it was, I'm definitely drawn to sort of the, you know, investigative getting under the hood of like, what's going on with people who don't necessarily want to share what they're about or how they make their money or whatever. And, but this one was just like, uh, it was, uh, I mean, abominable what happened in this guy's past, the fact that he could have been brought to justice long before he was. And um, it's a little, I'll tell you what, some people on his radar socially in that social circle have to be sweating it out now that, you know, some of his co-conspirators are being brought to the table and I'm sure we'll name names at some point, even though Jeffrey Epstein obviously committed suicide. Right. Well, um, if anybody has the stomach for that, it's got the uh, the, the Charles Robinson uh, stamp of approval, I, I suppose, uh, is one way to put that. Yeah, not, not a feel good. Is, you know, right. like if, you're, if you're looking for something uplifting, like, you know, but, you know, don't, you know, I'm talking about the crowd that watches like forensic files <laughs> or like Dateline yeah. or like, you know, if you if you're OK and you can stomach the the kind of um, underbelly, then this is definitely one for you. But if you're looking for something that's you know, get your popcorn and light, light fare. This is not it. Yeah. No, if you, uh, if you tolerated Dexter, you can watch this documentary, I think is uh, the best way to put it. Exactly. Uh, Charles, thanks so much. Uh, always enjoy the Yahoo sports NFL podcast. You and Therese do a great job. Keep up the great work. Hopefully we circle back again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, brother. And everybody cross your fingers, cross your fingers. I, I would place my bets on us starting a little later than than we expect i think i would be surprised oh. if things didn't get pushed back a little bit we'll see i think we're gonna probably hear this in the next you know couple of days that maybe we might have to push back a little bit but um they're they're gonna try and do everything they can to get things going but we'll see well they do have what is it the uh every team's week two opponent has the same buy so they i guess did you know plan for that escape route or whatever so okay cross your fingers wear your masks and uh hopefully uh we have some football this fall charles thanks a lot man have a have a great rest of your week absolutely thanks for having me brother want to give a big time shout out big time thank you to charles robinson for taking the time to join us again i i really i know we said it several times but i want to stress that in case you somehow didn't connect those dots the tag value, the franchise tag value for this year is $31.4 million. Okay, Dak Prescott is making that in 2020. The tag value for next year is $37.7 million. The tag value for 2022, if he were to be tagged for a third year in a row, which is possible, is $54 million. Those values, those numbers are known. They are not guesses. Those are known. Those are objective pieces of data, which means that Dak Prescott, as Charles and I discussed, is still 
sharing $123 million that is fully guaranteed over the next three years. That comes out to $41 million per year, which is why Dak Prescott taking a deal that had less than $123 million guaranteed or was for less than $41 million per year wasn't enough. I mean, I I know that it's frustrating. I know you maybe are listening to that and saying, he's not worth that, etc. It doesn't matter if he's worth that anymore because that's the market. And that's not even the market because this player got that or that player got that. He is literally already set to make that. And so that is what the Dallas Cowboys are up against. They are up against and negotiating against the franchise tag, let alone whatever the quarterback market indicates with whoever gets paid uh, from this point on, whether that's Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson or whoever the case may be. But uh, man, uh, lots, uh, lots to figure out over the next year. Uh, but we have more deck talk, more deck insight uh, later today on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. As mentioned, Jane Slater from NFL Network joins Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray on the latest episode of Girls Talking Boys. You are not going to want to miss that, so make sure you subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, yeah, give us a rating, write a review. Those things certainly help. Um, hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, whatever you got going on, I am hoping to catch some golf. It's the Memorial weekend and uh, hoping for uh, for some fun uh, with Tiger and the rest. Uh, whatever you got going on, we certainly hope that you have a great time. And uh, yeah, and tomorrow, by the way, we will have a new episode of Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez. So get ready for that as well. Um, hope it was a fun week. I know it was testy. I know there was a, a big, you know, I don't say hurdle, but a big thing uh, that didn't really get done. But it was it was a longer week than usual, I think is what I'm trying to say. But uh, from here on out, it's just figuring out uh, how to have an NFL season. And you heard Charles. I mean, that is uh, an interesting you know little bit. Maybe the NFL be making an announcement soon. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know. We'll, uh, we'll, of course, keep you updated at blogontheboys.com. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at rjochoa on both platforms. You can also shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com if that is more your speed. You can also do me a favor, and you can have the absolute best Friday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.